Next on BYU Sports Nation, the road to next-level national prominence goes through Madison, Wisconsin. BYU football game week back on. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall on the Big Ten Challenge ahead. ESPN college football expert and BYU national champion Trevor Maddox joins us live for another Maddox Monday. His formula for a BYU Cougar victory at Wisconsin. Plus, BYU TV analyst David Nixon tips off BYU basketball for us. And, of course, talking football and another weekend full of wins for BYU athletics. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Monday, November 4th, BYU Sports Nation back at it. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. What a time for BYU sports as a whole. Football winners of five straight knocking on the door of a national ranking with a gigantic game against Wisconsin this Saturday. Let's go. BYU women's soccer have won five straight. The NCAA tournament opens for the ladies next week. BYU men's and women's basketball tip off this Friday. Volleyball ranked and on top of the West Coast Conference. Rise and shout to Cougar Athletics across the board. It's a tremendous time of year. I love October. I love the spring because you have uh, basketball, baseball, rugby, spring football, all that. But you, you almost can't beat October. And uh, early November, which we're in now. So it's a tremendous time of year and a very exciting week because, as you mentioned, basketball tips off and football has maybe its biggest road game in a decade or two. Heads up, sports friends. You can now listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on the newly launched BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show on demand every day on BYURadio.org, or you can catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern, again, on BYU Radio. That's how you listen, and we invite... All of you to join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and take part in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. After BYU's October rush of wins, they can now make this a November to remember. And don't shave, and it will be even more memorable. What will BYU's <laughs> record be in the month of November? That's our question today. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. 4 0, 3 1, 2 2. Or one and three, we didn't give you the zero and four option because BYU is not going to lose to Idaho State. That's that's not or only Nevada. an FCS team; that is a bad FCS team. Yeah, BYU is going to win one, two, three, four. What do you think? What do you think? Weigh in. I'm not going to prognosticate a BYU loss at any point, uh, but I am a firm believer that this team has every capability and the talent level to run the table. They have the talent, and more importantly, the confidence level on defense and at the quarterback position with Taysom Hill right now. And all of that equals momentum. So another rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. November momentum. BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall digging the final four games in the 2013 rundown and what that means moving forward. I love it. Um, it's taken two years to get to this point, and I think this is a lot closer um, to what the future will look like than what it has on um, the first two years. And with a chance to, to be at Wisconsin and then Notre Dame and then even Nevada of our remaining three, uh, I, I really like that. Has BYU ever had this loaded of a November schedule? Probably not. I mean, you always ended the season in conference with Utah, and sometimes that was a juicy matchup. Uh, perhaps you get another Mountain West team in there that uh, is playing football well at the time, Colorado State, early 2000s, TCU, uh, just a few years ago. But when you look at Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and, and even the Nevada game has lost some luster because they haven't performed to the to the level many thought they would, uh, BYU is is enjoying something that is entirely new to this program. I love it. BYU has a chance to prove themselves in November. Listen to the last couple of years' November schedules. This is a joke. Idaho, San Jose State, New Mexico State. 2011, Idaho, New Mexico State, Hawaii. Listen, that was Tom Homo doing his best to just fill games in November. But guess what? He said it's going to take a couple years, and literally it took a couple years. We got those two years out of the way. Year three of independence. Wisconsin and Notre Dame in November. I don't care that they're on the road. That is challenging. 
But you know what? BYU is going to get some home games in November that are meaningful in the future. That's the cost of independence. But even when BYU was in the Mountain West, UN, 2010, UNLV, Colorado State, New Mexico, Utah. Yeah, Utah, awesome. 2009, Wyoming, New Mexico, Air Force, Utah. I would love this November. BYU, especially at this point in the season, five-game win streak, has an opportunity to scream relevance nationally by winning in Madison and in South Bend. I fully expect BYU to beat Notre Dame. The Wisconsin game is more of a challenge, which I think BYU is ready for. So I, I can't wait for Saturday's game. Let's play it tomorrow. Let's play it today. Let's go. The two words you say right there are, are what have been on my mind during the bye week, and that is national relevance. BYU wants more of it. And last Monday, we spoke with ESPN analyst Trevor Maddich. He says that if the Cougars, you know, while they beat Boise State, and this was before the Boise State game, keep in mind, they'll flirt with the top 25. The Wisconsin game is where they have a real opportunity. Well, I think from a standpoint of getting ranked, I mean, they might squeeze into the top 25 if they beat Boise, but really Wisconsin's the one that the, the pollsters are waiting on. Because a lot of people think that Wisconsin is the second-best team in the Big Ten to Ohio State. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation last Monday. Uh, and actually, that was two Mondays ago because it was before the Boise State game. So the Cougars handle the Broncos they take care of business with style points, with a nice performance overall from the offense and the defense, but they still didn't get into the top 25. And so, as Trevor Maddich was guessing, the Wisconsin game is going to be the end-all, be-all for BYU and their push for serious ranking consideration. Absolutely. And BYU, you know, if, if they beat Virginia and or Utah, of course they're ranked at this point, and this game's even bigger than it is now, but... The matter of the fact is BYU six and two. Wisconsin is a good team, and like Trevor Maddich mentioned, considered the second best team in the Big Ten. So this a win on the road against Wisconsin would do more for BYU than anything else they've done all season, including rushing for five fifty against Texas. That was about how Texas didn't perform. I'm talking to the nation, not BYU fans. And that's what we like to focus on on this show is BYU fans nationally. If BYU can beat Wisconsin, they are in the top 20, baby. 20 to 25, and then you beat up on Idaho State, and then you're going into Notre Dame, maybe a battle of two ranked teams on NBC. That's huge. And so the stakes are extremely high, and BYU's got to bring it against a good Wisconsin team. This type of opportunity just doesn't come along very often, and you and I were talking about this just a few moments ago, Jerem, off the air. BYU... The last time they won a true road game against a really good non-conference opponent. you got to go back to 97. Arizona State, I believe the Sun Devils were ranked 13th at the time. BYU won that game by a field goal in 13-10. Tempe, 13-10. Uh, before that... Notre nine- Dame in 94, which Notre Dame, I don't, I don't think they were ranked in that game, but it's a name, and that's kind of the point. Wisconsin's barely in the top 25. If they That Arizona State thing... If that doesn't happen with Wisconsin, the whole referees at the end not giving them a chance. They're, they're top 15. They're top 15. They're top 15. Yeah. We'll have more with ESPN's Trevor Maddich coming up in just a few moments, about uh, 25 minutes from now on BYU Sports Nation. For now, we roll on. Topic 2. Bronco says... We were kind of holding together by a thread, and we've had a little extra time for regeneration and recovery we've got an early start on our opponent i think it came at a great time i think we used it appropriately and especially going against a big and physical and tough team daniel Sorensen took a brutal hit uh, against one of the boise state tight ends knocked him out of the game it's that's the first time daniel's been injured i think maybe ever as a BYU football player, I don't know if Daniel has had to miss up, where he's missed time, yeah, where he's missed considerable time in a game, and so the bye week came at a perfect time for BYU's quarterback of the defense. Uh, he's playing the cat back, the free safety. So uh, Sorensen's the last line of defense, both figuratively and literally, on that team. It's going to be nice to have him back coming off the concussion. That's just one of the reasons BYU enjoyed this bye week right now. The first time was not good to BYU. They had. Uh... They beat Virginia, they beat Texas, or sorry, they lost to Virginia, they beat Texas. That's what I wanted to happen. Uh, Then they go into the bye week, and they came out, 
a little sluggish against Utah. Didn't meet that same kind of energy. Didn't execute very well. Made a good push late, but lost that game. And so this time around, BYU is a totally different team than they were the first the first bye week. The game against Texas was what the heck just happened? What happened against Texas? That was amazing. What does it mean going forward? Now we know BYU has sustained some consistent success, and they've done it in a couple of different ways. They've rushed the ball effectively. They've, they've established a really effective pass game. They've won a shootout. They beat a good Boise State team with some solid defense. So now you come up against Wisconsin, which is a different kind of matchup. But the bye week is great because now BYU can gear up, not just for Wisconsin, but for November. What can we do with this November with this five-game win streak? And BYU had a week to ponder on that and get healthy. We'll ask BYU TV analyst David Nixon about the two different bye week scenarios for the Cougars this year to compare and contrast those and why he feels more optimistic like Jerem about BYU coming off of this week. Kyle Van Noy, after the Boise State game, said, Look, I was exhausted. I'm tired. I need a break. Even the superstars get a little worn out. And it was still a short week. BYU played that game on Friday, so they got an extra day of rest. And yeah, Van Noy needed a break as well. The guy's all over the place. So BYU will relish this opportunity during the bye week to get healthy, and now it's game week. I know of one BYU football player that took the opportunity to go to Lava Hot Springs. He rented a motorhome <laughs> with some friends and went to Lava Hot Springs and hung out. That's how you do it on the bye week. I know a lot of, a lot of uh, the guys went home to just spend some time with the family. Taysom Hill went horseback riding. He tweeted a picture uh, over the weekend. So good that everyone got out there, relaxed, took a break. BYU doesn't have a fall break, so that sort of served the fall break. Not academically, of course. They're student-athletes. Yeah, thanks to David Nixon, uh, we now know that Taysom Hill at one point uh, during the Halloween season was dressed up as a fox in, in, in lieu of the What the Fox Say what the fox YouTube say? trend. <laughs> Ask David about that as well in just about 10 minutes here on BYU Sports Nation. We move on to Topic 3. Topic 3. Okay, now it counts for BYU men's basketball. Exhibition games done. They won both handily, but there was some sloppy play. Look, we're here to temper any concerns you may have. Head coach Dave Rose uses the exhibition games wisely. He's really good at his job. He is trying to figure out what different rotations will work and seat these teams in different situations. Okay, He's going to have weird lineups on the floor because he needs to figure out what he needs to do when the bigs get in foul trouble or when the guard line's not performing well. Bronson Kapusi, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> what BYU does without the big, able-bodied Bronson Kafusi. Um, but, but Dave Rose... Knows what he's doing. The exhibition games are there to weed out uh, a lot of those weird scenarios and to figure out what you can do with the personnel you have on your team. And so I, I think it's funny when I see these people on social media uh, voicing their concerns. Oh, Tyler Haas isn't playing up to his uh, capability and up to up to the level we're used to. And and then I see things like oh, I I don't know if our if our bigs are going to be able to hang. They're they're just really young. Really, it's been two exhibition games. They play against Weber State on Friday night. The real test begins, and you will see, as much as Dave Rose can get his team to jail, you will, you will see what he hopes to be the best and final product heading into the season. Well, the, those are concerns for sure, and those are rhetorical questions. And it's still, right, still a fluid situation right. even early in the season. Right, and there, there are concerns. If you ask me what the biggest concern with BYU men's basketball is, is how much uh, will the posts contribute Given that they are so young, they're really talented. I like BYU's group. I like. I love Eric Mika. Eric th- Mika was a beast on Saturday night. I think Luke Worthington p- can be a good rebounder off the bench. I think Nate Austin's veteran leadership is is coming out. I think Matt Carlino's more uh, determined to get buckets at the rim. I, I think he's more aggressive, knowing that hey, we've got some youth inside. We've got to we've got to bring it. We being the guards. Uh, what is Frank Bartley going to? There's a lot of questions because half the team's new. How much will Kyle Collinsworth do, and what is his role? Uh, there's a lot of questions, but I'm very excited at the talent level of this team, which I feel is higher than last year. I'm not sure that they're going to be a better team to start this year than BYU was to end the year. I think that BYU will become a better team. But you're right, Friday night, Weber State, uh, it's the regular season. 
And uh, let's see what BYU produces out of the gate with this young squad. No Eric, seniors. Eric Mika, yeah, no seniors on this team. Amazing, amazing. You would have had two, but they transferred. Augustine Ambrosino and Raul Delgado. Both gone. So, yeah. Uh, look, if BYU can put together a great season this year. What's a great season, by the way? I think 25 wins. NCAA tournament? Yeah, and I think they're capable of doing that. If you don't go to the NCAA tournament, I think I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I'm not sure. I, don't I know think BYU, BYU as a team is this year, yes. given the talent they have coming back. The NIT, uh, you know, at first, when they lost to San Diego in the WCC tournament last year in the first round, or the uh, quarterfinal, they, there was obvious disappointment. But they put in the work, the work in and then had a fun run in the NIT. How meaningful is the NIT? Well, that's up to you, you know. But for BYU to play in a tournament and win those games, win a couple of those games, go to New York, that's good. That's success. That helps for this year. And BYU needs to leverage that into the NCAA tournament this year. I called the game on Saturday night uh, with David Nixon, who we'll speak to on BYU Sports Nation uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, after the game, I talked to Eric Mika, and he told me after the Cougar tip-off, he's like, we were so amped. and you know, So I think I pushed a little too hard in the beginning, and I, and I kind of lost my leg. So I asked him, you feel like you're you're finding the the mojo, like the momentum where where your your energy level needs to be during the game. And he said, "Yeah, I I think I'm starting to to pace myself a little bit." And had two huge throwdown dunks. He had a throwdown stare down early on, which I absolutely loved. And that's what he brings to this Take team. Take it, Seawolves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mika is uh, is a is a fun loving kid, and he plays really hard. His footwork for an 18-year-old is is off the charts. Yes. Just please, Eric Mika, stay out of trouble. That's that's my one. Stay out of trouble or stay out of foul trouble? (laughs) Both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, both. (laughs) I I rub the uh, BYU basketball uh, lamp, genie lamp, and I go, please, one wish, Eric Mika, stay out of trouble. Foul trouble. Hey, uh, send your tweets into at BYU Sports Nation and like our new Facebook page, BYU Sports Nation. This coming from Facebook and Brett Rasmussen going back to BYU in November. He says, BYU's toughest game is this one coming. We win at Wisconsin. We will win out. This was on Facebook, you said? Yes. Like. Yeah, like. Thumbs up. Whatever it is. And from Michael Green, he says, the Cougars run the table 4-0, and baby. Like. <laughs> yeah. Can is there a different button they can add to Facebook? If you well, if you can clap and turn on lamps, surely I can just <laughs> yell like in my computer and then it does it right. On Twitter at dbrand twenty four four and zero because we have Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman. Optimism across BYU Sports Nation and coming up on the show, our linebacker extraordinaire slash analyst David Nixon joins us. Now, He'll tell us what the most important BYU thing for players Sports is Nation. coming off a of bye week. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton. Don't forget the underscore. And at Jerem Jordan. You're cool like that, so you don't need an underscore. Not too many Jerems out there. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight on True Blue, Tyler Haas is in studio. Blaine Fowler previews the matchup with Wisconsin, plus why BYU has the fourth best kick return game in the country. Say what? Per average. Yeah, that's right. Uh, True Blue with Dave McCann's on BYU TV and BYU Radio tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, more Twitter uh, topics here to debate, I should say, and that is what will BYU's record be in November? They have four games left. So far, we've... Had two people chime in and say they're they're running if they beat Wisconsin they're running the table. It's almost like this is a BYU show. It's crazy, right? At Laser Sheep, unfortunately, I think the Cougars will lose at Wisconsin and then stomp Notre Dame. At CR Bright eighty two at BYU Sports Nation four and zero. Why four and zero? Why not? At Allen KM eighty nine three and one. Lots of traveling will make it difficult to go undefeated. Listening from Indianapolis. Indiana. What is up, Indianapolis? And a, a quick note about that. I'm going to go off topic just for a second. Paige Hunt, who we had on the show on Friday. Women's soccer player. Women's soccer player, starter on the defensive line. They've won five straight. Key contributor is going on a mission to Indianapolis. The mission president is Steve, Steve Cleveland. Cleveland. 
Yeah, I don't know Former why. Former BYU TV football I don't know why I didn't put that together. On, awesome. on Friday night when I was calling the game, I had somebody tweet at me and say, she's going to have a great mission president. And I was like, hey, that's great. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That's Paige awesome. Hunt will serve under mission president Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball coach and BYU TV analyst. You mean she's taking a mission trip? She is going on an 18-month <laughs> mission trip. Love that from the national media. <laughs> Joining us now on BYU Sports Nation, my homeboy, uh, BYU TV analyst David Nixon does it for football and basketball. David, what's going on, my friend? How's it going, guys? He took a mission trip. David, where'd you take your mission trip? <laughs> <laughs> I took my two-year mission trip to Quito, Ecuador. Ecuador. Jerem went to Brazil. I went to South Korea. We're all over the map. Yeah, you're not as cool, uh, Spencer. You weren't down there in South America, so. <laughs> South America. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember that, David. Hey, you uh, you had a busy weekend, my friend, watching some football and then calling the basketball game on Saturday night. We'll start with football, and our Twitter question today is, what will BYU's record be in the month of November? A lot of people saying 4-0, and 3-1. Let's, let's just focus right now on Wisconsin. What did you see from the Badgers against Iowa and how does BYU go in there to a really tough place to play and get a win? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it looked like a Wisconsin team that really struggled to move the ball against a mediocre Iowa team. Um, but as always with Wisconsin, they, they kind of just wear you down. They grind you down with their run game, and they'll pop open a big play with a pass um, or in, the, in special teams area. And that's what you saw. You know, the first half was a really slow game, but they opened up in the second half because they finally just grinded down Iowa and was able to move the ball. So I think BYU at this game is going to go in there focused on, um, you know, being able to, to, to withstand that, that type of grind and uh, being well-conditioned. I think it's going to be a, a long game. But, you know, BYU's faces with Georgia Tech where, they, you know, they just get – they have that running game that they just keep going with the running game and try to pop a pass on you. So it's nothing new for the BYU team, but um, – no, you know, obviously more caliber of athletes at Wisconsin, but uh, all in all, I think you're going to see a very similar style of play. And the question is, can BYU be disciplined enough to expect those big plays and be ready for them when they come? And Georgia Tech certainly did not have a Jared Aberderis, uh, who is a tremendous wide receiver and a bearded one at that. It's very rare to see a bearded wide receiver. He reminds me of Austin Colley. Minus the beard? Yes, that's a definite. <laughs> David Nixon joining BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Gary Anderson coached, uh, you know, at Utah and Utah State. Uh, now he's with Wisconsin. Does he have? Does he give Wisconsin any realistic advantage having played BYU, David? You know, I think just for team motivation, he's going to walk in there probably today and say, "Look, I'm very familiar with these guys. I've played them year in year out. Um, I, I know what to expect." And so I think the players who, you know, none of them played BYU before will, will probably get the warm fuzzies inside thinking, okay, our coach knows what he's doing. He knows how to face these, this strong BYU team. He can you know, say, I almost beat BYU a couple times. Yeah, he, he can say that, yeah. I was close. Six to three dogfight. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I think, I think that's about the extent to it. I mean, I think when you are familiar with coaches, um, you know, he, he understands Coach Menall, his defensive philosophy, and so he can pass it on to his offensive staff. But, uh, you know, it's obviously two different personnels on the teams, and, um, and it's kind of a whole different beast. But, you know, having the familiarity with, with each other is going to be nice. But at the end of the day, it's, like I said, it's, it's two completely different ball clubs. Wisconsin's defense, especially in the red zone or the blue zone, if uh, you're looking through the BYU goggles, is really good. One of the best in the nation. BYU has had their struggles inside of the blue zone. How do the Cougars solve the Wisconsin defense when they get inside the 20? Uh, where, where do you think the game planning starts for that, David? You know, I, I think BYU just has to stick to what they do best, and, and that's getting down there and, and gaining positive yardage on, on first and second down and, and giving taste in a manageable third down situation. And, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is, is when BYU gets down there, they end up shooting themselves in the foot with penalties um, or, or plays that go go for no gain. So, uh, especially when you're on the road, you've got to make sure that, that each play is, is positive. You know, even if it's a one- or two-yard gain, that's, that's much better than obviously getting sacked or, or, or uh, having a penalty. So it's going to be a tough environment. You know, this is going to be the toughest environment BYU's played in all year. Um, but I can tell you, you know, after talking to the players, it's something they're looking forward to, and it's an exciting you know, atmosphere to play in. And you know, as a player, it's almost more fun to go on the road and play in a ruckus environment uh, because – you know, it's it's just the, the environment is, is and it's exciting to to go play in a stadium you've never played in. So, um, I, I think they'll be up for the challenge, but no question, it's going to be a tough game. 
David Nixon joins BYU Sports Nation. We've been talking about significant road games that BYU's uh, gone to and won in the past couple of years. And the most recent one, Oklahoma was neutral site, so we didn't include that. True road games. We talked about TCU in 06, which you were a part of. That, to me, is a little different than this situation, but probably the closest one of late in that TCU was a ranked. They were, they were ranked in the top 15, and that BYU team with you, David, you guys were still figuring out how good you were, and you went in there and won. Can you tell us what the mindset was going into that game and how that's maybe similar to this week for BYU? You know, there, there's some similarities, but same. You know, at some point, kind of some differences in the fact that we went in there. We were the underdogs, uh, the clear underdogs. You know, TCU was the top dog in the conference. We had started off slow that season, very similar to to this team, um, and so we really had nothing to lose at that point. And so I think we went in there and played really loosely, and and were able to just go out there and just play ball. Whereas in I think TCU was a little more uptight, and and hence the reason they had you know some miscues, and um, you know we were able to go in there and pretty much dominate. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's some similarities between the two with, like I said, the fact that both teams started off slow um, and, have, and, you know, in 06, we really started to gain momentum and we, we you know, we won uh, 10 straight. And I think that's where this BYU team's headed in the same way. They started off slow, but they've, they've kind of found their identity and now they're kind of on that cruise control um, with some big games. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good comparison. Um, and, and like you said, both, both games were huge. You know, at that time we beat, when we beat TCU, that was for, uh, you know, the lead in the Mountain West conference and we're vying for that. And now, you know, BYU doesn't have that Mountain West conference per se, but they are vying for just the national recognition and, um, kind of some respect in the polls. So uh, there's still some stuff on the line. And, um, you know, once again, as a player, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to go play a big, big 10 opponent on their field. Um, and, you know, in the month of November, you, you don't get to do that too often. David, who's better, that 06 team going into that TCU game or this 2013 BYU team going into Wisconsin? You know, I have to go with this year's team. I, I think with with the development of Taysom and, and kind of how just, you know, in my year 06, we had John Beck, and everyone knew John was, was good and um, he had the skills. But this year, I think it was different because Taysom, you had people riding him off week three, you know, when when – the coaching staff knew that, look, this is, this is a work in progress. This is going to take time. And so to kind of see the transformation of Taysom um, and, and how he went from, you know, 33% pass efficiency up to 60 70% now, it's been, it's been fun to watch. And, and so I think that excitement alone has really propelled this BYU team. Um, and so I have to say they've got more, more momentum now uh, than probably we did we had at the time. But uh, once again, two completely different scenarios. You got one back in 06, we're vying for a conference championship here. Uh, they're vying for some national exposure and recognition. So kind of different, but uh, but no doubt that they've, they've, got the, they've got their game going right now. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU Cougar and BYU TV basketball analyst as well. It's the bye week, and the last time BYU had a bye week was off the Texas win. They came out and they played Utah, looked a little bit uh, lethargic, maybe a little bit rusty. Why is the bye week now different than the first bye, and why is it uh, better now for BYU to have this going into Wisconsin, do you feel, David? Well, I think there's a few things. I think, first and foremost, the the bye after the Texas game um, was a tough one because it wasn't really needed. You're still early in the season. You're not really banged up, and so it's more of a nuisance and, and more bothering to have to take that bye week than say the bye week at this point in the season. Because at this point, I talked to both Taysom and Kyle, and, and both of them were, they were just straight up beat up. And they were looking forward to this bye week to really get their health back because you start having these little ankle injuries, hamstrings, whatever it may be, shoulder problems that are just kind of nagging that you don't really get to get healed uh, throughout the season. But those bye weeks, you know, coaching staff usually holds out the, the starters and, and lets the backups get some reps in practice. And so the starters, you get that time to heal up and, and so this bye week, I think, was well needed. Um, and for that reason, I don't think you'll see them come out sluggish against a Wisconsin team. Whereas in after that Texas game, I think, it, like I said, it was more of a nuisance and, and it was more of, a, I don't know, just, just bad timing that that occurred. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's always kind of a sluggish. That first quarter, it takes, it takes you a little bit of time to get back into the grind of things, which is always kind of worrisome. Uh, I, I hated bye weeks for that reason. You go out there in that first quarter and your eyes aren't as trained as they were a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think it's positive in the fact that BYU, they've got that confidence now. I think after that Texas game, they were still wondering, who are we? Are we the Virginia team 
that we lost to a, to a bad Virginia team, or are we the Texas team that we just barely blew out and dominated? And, and so they had some question marks, I think, amongst themselves. But now, uh, I think coming off this bye week, they're confident. They know who they are. They've gone out there and won you know, five straight, uh, and they know where they're headed. So for that reason, I think uh, the result from this bye week will be, be much better um, going forward than the last one. David Nixon, BYU TV analyst, joining Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU Sports Nation. And David, you bring up the word confidence, and I think that applies not only to on the field and football, but off the field, because clearly you and Taysom Hill, who were part of an interesting Halloween scenario (laughs) with the costumes. I haven't heard about this. uh, And the viral, (laughs) what does the Fox say music video, uh, just... Expl- explain this picture that I saw with you and Taysom and uh, your wives and girlfriends or whatever. Craig Bills, I believe, is Where, in that picture. Where's this picture? <laughs> oh, man. What, what yeah. happened? What's going on there? I, re- I retweeted a picture from my sister, Rachel, who's married to Craig Bills. And uh, anyway, it just so happens that I have a younger sister who is now dating Taysom. So they, uh, they're having good times, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm it, looking it, at the picture now. <laughs> Jared's pulling I, up the I'm going to retweet it. Retweet it. Our costumes. It was due to the fact that we didn't want to spend any money nor time really preparing those. So we went with just all black and printed out a picture that, or printed print out a piece of paper that says, "What does the fox say?" Put on some ears, and we were good to go. But uh, no, it's been fun. They, they're, uh, you know, of course, like I said, they're they're dating, and, but it's been fun to be around Taysom and pick his brain and talk to him about the season and uh, you know going going from just like week one when uh, you know they were together and we were chatting to now like I said that confidence you can see him being more more and more confident in the offense and um, he's excited he's excited about where this is where this is headed and and uh, how well this offense is doing how's he doing physically you know after that Houston game he was pretty beat up uh, he his arm his arm his hand was swollen uh, he, he said that he got out of bed and his, uh, he literally couldn't think he could walk. His, he felt like his foot was broken. But, uh, you know, those are kind of those bumps and bruises you take after a, a big game. But it's, it's the, the question from that arises, can he continue to take these beatings? I mean, he's a big, strong kid, and he's got that athletic ability. But, you know, you, you go back and look at these quarterbacks, you know, at the professional level, professional level with RG3 and Michael Vick, and, um, you know, those guys, they eventually get hurt. And, you know, with RG3 tearing his ACL, et cetera. So, uh, you know, Johnny Menzel here at the college level, he, he messed up his knee, tweaked his knee. So it, it makes you wonder, can, can he continue to take these hits and, and when and if um, he might get hurt? And, and hopefully we all obviously cross our fingers and nothing happens. But uh, eventually you would think that the odds are against you if you're running that often and, and getting nailed by those big linebackers in D-line. But like I said, he's a, he's a strong kid, and he, he gets up and he's resilient. He gets up after those big hits and, and keeps plugging along. So – I have to give it to him. He's he's a fighter and a and he's a gamer and uh it's fun watching him. Wrapping up with David Nixon, BYU TV analyst here on BYU Sports Nation. David, you called the game with me on Saturday night, BYU basketball's final exhibition against the University of Alaska Anchorage. BYU dominated the Seawolves ninety nine sixty eight. What was the one thing uh as we again as we wrap up here that, that stuck out to you most in that game courtside? I really think it was Eric Mika's play. You know, I, I think uh, coming in, he, you know, they didn't start him that game. He came off the bench, and I think he really did come in with a chip on his shoulder trying to prove to the coaches, look, I deserve to be starting out there with the starting five. But uh, he, was, he was dominating. And, and more than anything, you know, as, as an athlete, I loved when he, when he dunked on the, a few times on, the, on an Anchorage and, and kind of stared down the opponents and kind of kind of sent the message, look, I'm here. I'm here all night. You're going to have to face me. I'm here to dominate. And uh, he kind of had that swagger, that confidence in him too. So, uh, you know, coming in as a freshman, uh, that's tough because usually freshmen come in, they're, they're a little tentative and they, they, they're kind of timid uh, playing out there. But um, he, he was out there dominating. It was, it was fun to watch him. So I think that's the most exciting, the, the most exciting thing with that BYU team right now is how these newcomers are going to come in and, and play and how they're going to contribute. So um, it'll be interesting to see this week with Weber State and, and, and how they actually gel together in a, in a real live um, game that counts. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's exciting. I think the basketball team's looking up, and if they can really gel well together, um, I think they could uh, have a great season. So, David, what does the Fox say? 
<laughs> yeah, you have to ask Taysom that. <laughs> oh, we will. That's a guarantee. David Nixon uh, will have a courtside view of BYU Weber State on Friday night with me. We'll have that call on BYU TV beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. Check it out, BYU TV Sports. David, always nice to have you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, fellas. It is a huge week in college football, and not just for BYU. What is Trevor Maddich looking forward to most this week? We'll find out next. And really quickly, as we go to break, a tweet from at Chess Sports talking about BYU's road wins and lack thereof against big-time BCS opponents. He says, this coming from Chess Sports again, how about the Ole Miss game in 2011? Sure, they weren't good that year. They were bad that year, but it was a solid, true road win. They were a two-win team, no way. So that doesn't qualify. Okay. Well, we like to listen to both sides. We're back with more on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor Maddich up next. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out at the BYU Broadcast Building. Check out the brand new BYURadio.org. Features easier access to listen live on-demand audio of previous shows and includes a must-see blog now. Try out the new BYURadio.org today. Tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, Tyler Hawes in studio as well as Blaine Fowler to preview the Wisconsin matchup. Can't wait. Oh, Blaine. That dude always brings it, doesn't he? We we may have to bring this out sometime. Blaine has a ridiculous Dr. Seuss memorization <laughs> well of knowledge. It, it is, it's off the charts. He'll, every week he'll come in and he'll just say a different one. It's crazy. It's amazing that he still remembers it. and, and we'll He have- had time on the sidelines as a quarterback to memorize it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Blaine. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll dig into why he does have such a Dr. Seuss repertoire. Who knows if we have time vocabulary. for Vocabulary. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the football game as well. <laughs> Tweet us at BYU Sports Nation. What will BYU's record be in November? 4-0, 3-1, 2-2, or 1-3. We left out the 0-4 option simply because BYU hosts a really bad FCS opponent in Idaho State. We're going to give that one to the Cougars right there. We welcome into the show our next guest, nationally prominent ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich. We do it every Monday. Maddich Mondays returns to BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, you had quite a sight uh, from a national perspective of the Florida State-Miami game. And wow, I mean, I can, all I have to say about Florida State is, wow, what did it look like in person? Florida State runs at a different speed. And even against Miami, that the recruits from the same recruiting base down there in Florida – they, Florida State just, they're, they're fast, they have excellent technique, and this is the thing that really separates them from most college football programs. This separates the Alabamas and the top programs. When they fly around, they fly around to the right place, and they end up doing the right assignment with the right technique. You have programs like Nebraska, for example, in Texas recently, that will fly around, and they'll look very impressive until all of a sudden they have to, to finish the job, and then they find themselves out of position. And there ends up being a gaping hole. Well, Florida State, they're in the right place doing the right thing. And it, it's, it's hard to beat a team that, that is fundamentally sound. But a team that's fundamentally sound and ridiculously fast at the same time, well, that's Florida State. Okay, so that, that prompts the question for me. And we're going to stay on the national topic before we delve into BYU and Wisconsin. Would Florida State or Oregon be a better matchup potentially for Alabama in a hypothetical national championship scenario? You know, either team would give them a good run, and we're assuming that Alabama will be that that one of the two teams there. I expect them to be there. Then you look at the differences in those two teams. First of all, you've got Florida State, which really is a lot like Alabama in a lot of ways, and their offense is a very well balanced, more of a pro style offense with a quarterback in Jameis Winston who's very very accurate. And that accuracy is important if you're going to face up against Alabama because you cannot expect to beat them by ramming the ball right down their defensive front because they're so good against the run. You need that, that accuracy in passing, and Winston has that. But where I think Oregon might be the better matchup you know, to be able to possibly beat Alabama is that they have one component that Florida State does not, and that is a passer who's accurate in Marcus Mariota who also runs a 4 4 Winston can get out of the pocket, but he won't scare you when he's out of the pocket. Mariota can get out of the pocket, and if he has a crease, he can take it to the house. And mobile quarterbacks bother any college defense, any pro defense for that matter. But a mobile quarterback like Mariota is at an elite level 
at the college level. And so I think in order to beat Alabama, to score enough points, you'd have to have a quarterback that is not just very accurate, both Winston and Mariota are, but also a quarterback who could take a play that breaks down and turn it into something positive by just being an athlete. And Mariota's got Winston trumped in that department. Trevor Maddich of ESPN, former BYU National Champion as well, joins BYU Sports Nation. So with that in mind, talking about Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who is the who, who are your top three Heisman candidates right now? You know, right now, uh, everybody's talking about Winston and Mariota. Mariota has yet to throw an interception this year. It, That's amazing. It, it's been wow. phenomenal. Yeah, and Winston, Winston has been as magnificent off the field as he has been on the field. I mean, he, he's asked every week after a, another brilliant performance – about his opinion of his Heisman candidacy, and he will never engage in that. He will immediately start to name his offensive linemen by name and praise them, and then name his defense by name and then praise them. And so I think that's one of the reasons that uh, he's there. But my, if, my, if, if it were chosen today, I would pick Johnny Manziel, the Texas A&M quarterback. And the reason is that he's doing much more with much less. Both Mariota and Winston have a defense that's keeping scores down on the opponent's side. And so in the fourth quarter, neither one of those quarterbacks has to perform under pressure. Texas A&M's defense is one of the youngest and leakiest in all of college football. Trevor Maddox of ESPN joining us on BYU Sports Nation. And Trevor, you talk about these fantastic quarterbacks. Where does Taysom Hill right now in your mind stack up against Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota? You know, he's a guy that can grow into that level of elite quarterback. And really it depends on how his recognition and his accuracy turn out. Because he's got all the physical tools to be that guy. I mean, he can run pretty much as well as, as Mariota, and he's got an arm that's as strong as any of them. The thing that impresses me is that the first three games, he completed less than 38% of his passes Excuse me. in each of the first three games, under 38% completion percentage. Not all his fault. There were drops. You know, there were uh, growing pains in the new offense and all that, but that, that was it. The last three games, he's completed over 65% of his passes. And that, that is phenomenal consistency and improvement. And I guess Boise, he took it another step where he, he was completing those vertical passes with greater consistency. And really, if BYU keeps completing vertical passes consistently, not just once in a while, a defense can live with you doing it once in a while. But if you can do it a lot and make them adjust to it, well, then that'll open up the running game even more, and BYU will be very difficult to stop. And it all starts with Taysom Hill, and he's really improving. Trevor, today our poll question is, uh, what is BYU's record in November? You've got Wisconsin, Idaho State, Notre Dame, Nevada. What do you think? You know, I think 3-1 and one is realistic, and they could go 4-0. and oh. This one against Wisconsin, I think, will be the most difficult because Wisconsin is really, really good. I mean, they went on the road to Columbus, Ohio, and lost to Ohio State uh, by just one touchdown. And their, their offense running game is, you know, terrific. It's what it's always been. Uh, their passing game is not terribly efficient, but it's good enough to complement the running game. Their defense is, is a bunch of unsung heroes. Their defense is nestled right up there with Michigan State and Ohio State as being among the top defenses in, in that conference. And so uh, I, this is, uh, is going to be a tough game for BYU, and I think, I think Wisconsin uh, would be the most likely team that would be a struggle for BYU of the four that remain. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, what is the formula for a BYU win at Wisconsin? Well, you know, stop the run. That's what everybody tries to do. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck doing that. That's, that's not easy, but, but that's what you have to do. And also complete those vertical passes. You know, their, their defensive front seven is very active and very good. If Chris Borland, their great linebacker, is able to play, uh, he had to miss last week's game against Iowa, but uh, if he's able to play against BYU, he can do a lot individually to gum up the works because Borland is probably better than any individual blocker that BYU will send out to try to, to, try to interrupt him. So his, his presence and his health will make a big, big difference in how, uh, how that Wisconsin defense plays against BYU. I really don't see this as a big showcase game for Kyle Van Noy because one of the reasons he came back this year instead of going into the NFL was to improve his, his run blocking against tight ends and tackles. 
we see his highlights where he'll drop back, intercept a pass, and run it in for a touchdown. He'll force a fumble, scoop it up, run it in for a touchdown. He'll, he'll defeat two or three different blockers snaking his way to the quarterback and make a spectacular sack. You know, we see him doing that. Well, that's great, and it works in the NFL. But the other thing the NFL needs to see is how will he do in the boring plays? Well, he's just got to line up over a big fatty, take on the block with power, <laughs> not run around it, just take it on, and then shed the block and make the tackle. And so he's improved in that part of his game uh, this year. It's not that he wasn't good at it before. It's just he didn't do it all that much. So he's gotten a lot more practice at it this year. And against Wisconsin, it will be a straight-line, downhill, pro-style, run-right-at-you kind of an offense. And he'll be able to do the boring things that will impress the scouts more than anything else, and that is stand in front of those big guys and take on those blocks with power. Trevor Maddich of ESPN joins BYU Sports Nation, and he went there. Uh, Kyle Van Noy versus the Fatties. Yeah. Can I I, I, I say that? Because when you're a fatty, you know, you're a big guy (laughs) like that. You hate to go against the guy. You don't mind going against another fatty. That's fine. (laughs) You know, because you know where he's going to be. You know, I'm here, you're there, let's meet in the middle, about six inches away, right? And the thing about Van Noy is that he excels at finding the angles. In other words, he doesn't take you on right in the middle, and actually you really shouldn't take somebody on right in the middle unless it's short yardage and goal line. You need to take on a portion of the man, half the man, a quarter of the man, and then use the angles to take away his forward power and make him adjust as he's trying to be powerful. Well, Van Noy has done that very well. And so I think he'll be frustrating for the fatties in doing that. But at some point, he will have to just stand in there and just do it. Because this is where Alabama's offense is so devastating in the fourth quarter when it's really running. Right now in college football, you've got offenses that are spread offenses, spread the field with little guys. You you get a smaller defense in there. They're fast. They pursue sideline to sideline. They're incredibly athletic. And then they face Alabama. That same defense that was so good at chasing around little guys now all of a sudden faces an offense that will pack in a formation with two tight ends and a fullback that will have literally ten guys within a width of about six yards and one wide receiver out wide. And then they'll run into the teeth of that crowd. Because from Alabama's standpoint, they figure that if you are, if you are small and fast and you're chasing guys to the sideline, well, then you're fast. But if you're small and fast and the offense runs directly at you straight ahead, well, you're no longer fast, you're just small. And so that, that's the same kind of thing that Wisconsin wants to do. They're sort of a throwback, just like Alabama is, and the difference is not that they're so good, but, but the defenses have evolved to face the spread. Now when you face those big guys, you've got a problem. So you'll see Kyle Van Noy, who so excels at the flashy play against the spread, you'll see his progress against that downhill old-school style in this game, and I expect him to do very well. Wrapping up with Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football expert and BYU national champion here on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, is this an opportunity for BYU to perhaps crack into the top 20 if, I know it's a big if, they go into Madison and win this game? Well, I think they've got a very good chance to win this game. I, I really do. I really like BYU's chances here. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll be bloody noses on all sides, but I like their chances. The, but I think they should be in the top 25 now. You know, I think the fact that they lost that opener against Virginia sort of put them out of, out of mind for the pollsters. And, and that was really a goofy loss. Remember, they had a, a weather delay of well over an hour. and um, you know, first, The first game in that new offense, all kinds of goofy stuff happened. Uh, and then the Utah game, they just dropped a few passes, and that's really what cost them that game. And I think people have forgotten about them. But as I watch them play every week, and I watch other teams play, there's no, this team is personnel, a top 25 team, and execution, probably a top 15 team. You know? And so when, when I say that, all I mean is they've got a very young offensive line. And if that offensive line, a couple of years from now, I'd take the same personnel group and say, yeah, this is a top 12 team. So, but they've got, to, they've got to evolve with their, their experience on the offensive line in order to get to that point. So if they beat Wisconsin, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't break into the rankings. And here's why that matters. If somehow they get help up above them, in other words, other teams lose. And they're able to get up into the top 14 by the end of the regular season. They will be eligible for an at-large bid for a BCS Bowl. In other words, they, they don't have to be chosen. 
But a BCS bowl could say, look, we like BYU. We like the way they're playing. We like their fan base. They'll put a lot of bodies in the seats. We choose them. And that's a possibility if they get up to number 14. So watching their rise in the polls right now is important from that standpoint. Now they've got to take their business, and they've got to win, and there's no guarantee of, of winning out. It'll be tough. But if they do win out, well, keep an eye on those polls because it will matter. Great national perspective from Trevor Maddich. We love Maddich Monday. We appreciate the time again once again, Trevor. Uh, really quickly, where are you going to be with College Game Day Radio this weekend? We're in Tuscaloosa for LSU at Alabama. Oh, nice. You have a good life. <laughs> you know, uh, listen, I was just sitting there watching Chief Osceola, the Florida State mascot, <laughs> jam that flaming spear awesome. in the 50-yard line in Tallahassee. And I was literally about uh, about 40 feet away from him when he did it. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're a sports fan, where in the world, the entire planet, would you rather be at that moment than right there watching that scene? Uh, you're right. I've been blessed. This is It's awesome. Well said. Thank you very much, Trevor Maddich. Thanks. Coming up on the Cougar Whip Around. Plenty of BYU athletics. Everybody's winning, plus today's rise and shout. And Warrior Tweets, this is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's Basketball. BYU beat Alaska Anchorage 99-68 Saturday night in the Cougars' final exhibition game. The Cougars open the regular season with Weaver State Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. BYU won two exhibition games over the weekend, back-to-back the Cougars' season opener. Also on Friday, 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain against South Dakota State. Also on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's Volleyball. 21st-ranked BYU beat Pepperdine in five sets Saturday. The Cougars wow. have five regular season matches left, including a pair of games in the Bay Area this weekend with San Francisco and Santa Clara. Soccer. 20th-ranked women's soccer, extending its win streak to five with a 1-0 victory against San Diego Friday night. The Cougars finished the regular season this week by hosting Pacific and St. Mary's. If Portland beats Santa Clara this week and BYU wins out, the Cougars will finish in a three-way tie for the conference title. Cross country. Congrats to the fifth-ranked men's team who won the West Coast Conference Championship Saturday in Malibu. The women's team finished in third place. The NCAA Mountain Regional is November 15th in Ogden, Utah. Tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, the one and only Tyler Haas, All-American candidate and first-team preseason West Coast Conference player, plus BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler. Very quickly, our rise and shout goes to the BYU men's golf team, led by Joe Parkinson. Joe, we've had as a guest on BYU Sports Nation, getting it done. boy, Joe. And final poll results we go. What will BYU's record be in November? A lot of people saying 3-1. and one, A lot of people saying 4-0. and oh. They have Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Idaho State. And the final poll results are Jerem. 4-0. and oh. 46% wins, followed by 43% at 3-1. and one. So Cougar fans excited about November. That's very close to what we thought it would be. A lot of people like the BYU's opportunity to run the table, win at Wisconsin, and then win at Notre Dame. I think uh, the overall mental outlook on that is Wisconsin is going to be the toughest game. A lot of people like BYU's chances in South Bend this year with the way BYU's matching up against a team that's lost a lot of talent, still capable, but is not the caliber they were last year. Yeah, it should be an exciting November as we talked about. Big thanks to our guests today, David Nixon, Trevor Maddich, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Schlein, and today's production assistant and audio engineer, Spencer King. Yeah, Spencer King doing a great job filling in. a boy. We call him Elvis. Check out archived episodes of the show on demand at the newly launched BYURadio.org. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation.